How many of you have found yourself running late for an important meeting because you couldn't find that one thing you needed before you could head out the door? What if I could tell you that in just 10 minutes a day, you could take your home from chaos to calm? Because clutter really is nothing more than postponed decisions. I've created a challenge to help you get ready to ditch your clutter and simplify your life. Want to hear a secret? You actually have the power to create more peace and calm in your home, and you can have it in less than 10 minutes a day. Join the Chaos to Calm Challenge so you can organize your space, create more peace in your home, and focus less on stuff and more on the people you love the most. I want you to be able to effortlessly live clutter-free in your home. This challenge will teach you the proven systems to get clean and clutter-free in 10 minutes or less because we're all busy. How to create more peace and calm in your home and how to focus on what and who you love with an organized space. To join this challenge, just go to barbiejoe.com forward slash challenge. This is Barbie Joe, and you are listening to Don't Get Lost in the Laundry. This is a show for busy moms and families where we talk about household order and function. We will discuss the tricks of the trade and systems that improve family life and managing a household. Hello, everybody. Barbie Joe here, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. Okay, today we are talking about money. I want to introduce you to Leah Hadley. She is going to tell you that she's had a lot of challenging financial times in her adult life. Becoming a parent of three overnight, getting divorced, and losing her job, just to name a few. These have been times when her ability to hunt down appropriate resources and careful financial planning was critical to her peace of mind. Now a best-selling author, certified divorce financial analysis, and accredited financial counselor, Leah is the founder of Great Lakes Divorce Financial Solutions and Great Lakes Investment Management. She uses all of her knowledge and 15 years of experience to help her clients make wise financial decisions so they can begin the next chapter of life with the strongest possible financial foundation. Leah is committed to strengthening families through financial wellness. And so I thought we had to have her on the show to talk to us today. So welcome, Leah. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much, Barbie Jo. I'm thrilled to be here. So tell us about yourself and how you got to this place in life. I took a very windy path to where I am today. I actually started my career as an educator. I was a teacher um, in Baltimore City Public Schools, and I taught third grade. And I got burnt out in the classroom, but I was also just really overwhelmed with student loan debt that I had from undergraduate school and from graduate school. And um, I just didn't know what to do with my life, to be honest with you. And I took a temp job that happened to be uh, for an investment bank at the time. Um, and it was in an administrative capacity. But it was actually that job that um, kind of 
threw me into the financial world. Um, and I've learned a tremendous amount over the years. Um, certainly, you know, how to manage investments well. And, and I became an equity research analyst. Um, but I also, you know, over the years became a mom and had a family and had a lot of my own personal financial difficulties, like you shared in my, in my bio. So, um, all of that has kind of come together and, and, allowed me to really help people in a way that I think differs from your traditional financial advisor. Um, and that, you know, I really focus on people who have had some challenges that might not feel super confident in their current financial situation. A lot of people come to me and they're embarrassed to, to share what their, their financial knowledge is or their current financial circumstances. So when people come to work with me, they often um, are coming from a difficult financial point. They are stressed about money. They're worrying about money. Um, and I'm able to help them create some clarity for themselves, but also very concrete steps um, that have worked for myself, but have worked for so many of my other clients as well. Um, and so I've really been able to take my own personal experience and my professional experience. Um, and it, it lets me help people in a different way. I love that. That is so nice to not only hire a professional, but somebody that has been in the trenches and that can totally relate. So tell us, what advice would you give someone who wants to start improving their financial situation? Because I think this should be covered in school. Like I'm talking grade school, middle school, high school. And it's really not. We enter the world as adults really not knowing much about money. So what advice would you give someone starting? Well, first of all, I will say I 100% agree with you. Um, I think that there is serious lacking of financial literacy skill development in high school that should really be added into the curriculum. So I absolutely agree. And I think that's an important point because there are a lot of people who reach out to me and they say they think they should know more or they should be doing something different or they should this or they should that. And um, I am a big believer that like, you know, if somebody's reaching out to me, it's a moment in time. There is zero judgment from me. I'm in no place to judge um, that it's just, you know, this is where you're at right now. And wherever you're at right now, it's fine. Um, it's just getting clear on where you're at right now. So that way, if you want to improve your financial situation, you really want to start to be able to build wealth um, that you know where your starting point is. So whatever starting point that is, it's totally fine. But our first step is just to get clear on where you're at right now. And sometimes that does mean there is like a certain level of financial literacy that we need to build up and build up that confidence. For some people, it might be a tremendous amount of debt that's very, very common. Um, and it might be looking at ways to eliminate that debt or restructure that debt. Um, but whatever the current situation is, it's just a moment in time. And the first step is just to get really clear on what are my numbers? So where are my sources of income? What are they, where, where's it coming from? What is my income? What are my expenses? Um, and if it's not something that you're paying close attention to, 
there might be a lot of things that you don't even realize how much you're spending money on. Um, and so getting some clarity around those things, your income, your expenses, as well as your kind of overall personal balance sheet, which is going to include all of your different accounts. So if you have some old 401k sitting at an old job, you know, like let's get clear about what really exists and not only where are the accounts, um, but how are they invested? So really looking at your overall financial picture is the very first step. And if that feels overwhelming to you, I really encourage people to reach out for professional support and allow that professional to be their guide because a lot of times that's going to really shorten your path to improving your financial situation. Whereas sometimes people kind of go down these rabbit holes on Google or blogs or, you know, listening to every podcast under the sun, and then they get conflicting messages and there's a lot of confusion and it just adds to the overwhelm. Um, and for some people, they can kind of figure it out themselves. And that's wonderful. If you're able to do that, good for you. But if you're not, that's okay. You know, it's not something, there is a lot of complexity around it. And I think there's zero shame in feeling like you just need to reach out and ask for some help. That is so good because a lot of times we do just need to get out of our own way and ask for help. And that's okay to ask for help. So what common mistakes financially do you see people making? Oh my goodness, so many. <laughs> um, there are a lot of common financial mistakes. I'll tell you a couple that have just come up with some people who reached out to me in the last couple of days, but it's, it's really, like I was mentioning before, there's so many facets to your financial picture um, and not really fully exploring any individual one um, and really understanding kind of the puts and takes can create some very common mistakes. So for example, um, a lot of people who I work with have no idea how their retirement plans are invested. They might be investing with their employer um, and maybe they had somebody help pick their investments. Maybe they just kind of filled out um, a generic questionnaire that led them to something, or maybe they looked at past performance and just kind of said like, oh, well, this looks good. And some people don't even invest their uh, employer retirement accounts. They might be nervous about selecting investments, and so they just have it sitting in cash. Um, so that's an area where I see a lot of mistakes being made. Um, it's just not making sure that you have the level of knowledge you need to select the right investments for that account. And if you think about it over time for a lot of people, that's going to be their largest investment account because it's something that they're consistently contributing to with every paycheck. Maybe their employer is matching that contribution, something like that. Um, and so that can grow significantly over time, especially if it's invested well, you're compounding your investment returns as well, um, especially when people start to get closer to retirement. That does tend to be their largest investment account for a lot of folks. And they're missing out on huge opportunities if they don't have it invested well for themselves. So that's a really, really common one. Um, I happen to work with a lot of people who are self-employed. Um, so a very common one for somebody who, you know, has their own business or they're self-employed um, is not separating out business expenses from personal expenses, just like commingling everything together. That can be really inefficient when it comes to filing your taxes and things like that. Um, but it also, there's some additional liability associated with that. Um, and so it's really important if you are working for yourself that you keep that money separate 
from sort of your household money. And so that's a very common mistake that I see people making. Another big one is just waiting and waiting and waiting to reach out to ask for help. Again, maybe there is just a lack of confidence or they just don't know who to reach out to. You know, there might be some shame around that, whatever the case may be, waiting to reach out to help until the situation just continues to get worse. So a lot of times I see this with people who are struggling with um, debt and they're not quite sure how to get ahead or they've had a major setback, financial setback in their life, maybe a loss of income. You know, a lot of people in 2020 lost income related to their jobs. Maybe their hours were cut back or their benefits were cut back. Um, so if you aren't quite sure what to do in those cases, having a professional who ha- can guide you um, to the right resources and that kind of a thing can really help you shore up your financial situation much faster. So that way you're not wasting tons of money um, on, like I see it all the time where people are spending so much money on interest expense because they're carrying a lot of debt, where it might just be as simple as restructuring that debt so they can lower their interest expense. But they may or may not know how to do that. Um, and working with a professional can help them to figure that out much faster. Um, so know that it's very common. I see lots of huge tax mistakes like people just paying way more in taxes than they need to be because they're not being efficient um, from a tax perspective, not optimizing their investments and that kind of a thing. Um, so there's there's lots of ways to make mistakes. They're all very common. Um, and so that's where I think having professional guidance who can help you figure out, you know, in your own personal financial situation, so everybody's really is unique. Um, what you should be considering, what you should be looking at, and where you might be leaking out quite a bit of money that you don't even realize. Okay, that's so good to know. So good to know. So what would you tell someone who says they just can't figure out how to save? Like it's just not going to work for them. They're already living paycheck to paycheck and they just can't figure out how to save. So that's a great question, Barbie Joe, and it's really common. So if if you're sitting there living paycheck to paycheck and just like, you know, I know I make good money, but I just can't figure out how to save. First of all, you are 100% not alone. Um, so know that. But also think about all the things that you are able to find money for. Okay. So let's say, for example, you have different, um, now it's with all the different streaming services. People have subscriptions to a variety of streaming services, right? So the reality is if you can pay for Netflix, you can save. Okay. So it, it doesn't matter how much money you're saving as long as you get into the habit of starting to save if you're just starting out. Um, and there's some dollar amount that you can come up with. I'm sure of it. Uh, that if you are spending money on anything other than the bare necessities, there is money for you to be able to save. Um, but it's making it a priority. Um, and so just like you, you know, prioritize, hopefully like paying your rent or paying your mortgage, um, it's important to prioritize saving. And I always encourage people just to start with an emergency savings account if they don't have any savings at all. And that's money that you just put away in case something really, really like unexpected happens. Um, so not something that you would have time to save up for, but something that, you know, somebody lost a job, there's a major health issue, you know, there's some emergency that comes up. 
but you can build that account over a very long period of time. So if you're just starting out and you just need to get into that habit, start small, you know, take $25 from every paycheck and put it into a savings account and just start with something. Um, I do always tell my clients not to keep their savings account linked to their checking account. So um, some people kind of, they might have a savings account, but they really just use it as an extension of their checking account. So if their checking account gets low, they just kind of move money over from their savings account. That's not going to be a habit that's going to allow you to really accumulate savings over time. But if you really separate that that account and make it just a little bit harder for yourself to access, um, some of the online banks are great for that, or like maybe a local credit union, something so that it's not super easy for you to just go online and move money from your savings in order to cover maybe some extra spending out of your checking account. But getting in that habit of really just automating it every single paycheck, putting whatever dollar amount it is. So I use the example of $25. So if you get paid twice a month, you know, that's going to be $50 a month to get started. And then you can kind of build that up. So like if you get comfortable with that, um, you know, add another $10 and do $35 a paycheck or, you know, just kind of ease your way into it so it doesn't feel super uncomfortable, um, but you get into a really good habit and then you can continue to increase that savings and make potentially some other adjustments either to your income, looking at ways to increase your income or to your expenses. So if your income is static and you're not increasing your income um, and then looking at maybe ways to reduce some of your expenses. One area where it's very common when I first start working with people is they're spending a lot of money on like convenience foods or takeout, things like that. Um, and we can just look at some simple adjustments based on kind of their overall lifestyle in order to be able to free up some additional cash every month so that way they can feel really confident putting that away in savings doesn't have to be a huge lifestyle change, though. Um, it's just making these simple adjustments that can really build over time. Oh, I love that. I just finished reading this book called The Automatic Millionaire, and he talks about the latte factor. And that's exactly what it is. You know, many times people will say, I just can't afford to start saving or, or put away into retirement because I'm already living paycheck to paycheck. And yet every morning they start their day off with a latte. And how much money are you spending in a week from just those lattes alone? How much does that add up every month? How much in a year? And you realize you can, in fact, invest into your future if you just cut out that one latte every day. It's a great, it's a great point. And David Bach, who's the author of that book, um, he talks about the latte factor in terms of um, everybody has sort of a latte factor in their life. So it might not be a coffee or it might not be a latte. For me, I'll tell you, it's been Diet Coke. And if I look back over the years <laughs> and see how much money I spent on Diet Coke, I mean, it's just an absurd amount of money, to be honest with you. Um, but eliminating Diet Coke or reducing the amount that I drink, um, <laughs> it's amazing how much extra money there is 
Um, but it does all those little, little habits, things that, um, we definitely don't need, right? Um, those just really do add up over time. And I'm seeing it a lot more with, you know, like the DoorDash and the Postmates and all these different, um, delivery services where they have the delivery charge and the service fee and the tip. And, um, you know, people are getting more comfortable, I think, with order because it's so easy, right, to log into an app like that um, and order food for the whole family. There's family bundles and all kinds of things, right? But it can be a slippery slope if you're getting into a situation where you're really overspending on some of that convenience um, to the detriment of your future, right? So if you're not putting savings away for your future. For sure. Absolutely. So the last question I've been dying to ask you is how do you help couples who argue about money to get on the same page? Because I'll tell you, statistics say that divorce usually happens around money and I don't know what the other one was. Was it sex? I don't remember. Anyway, money is a big one. And a lot of times couples just can't make it through that. So how do you advise them? Uh, So this is a really important question. And it's a passion of mine, because one of the areas I do specialize in is helping people um, manage the financial decisions associated with divorce. But if I could help educate them much early on in their marriage, that would make me so much happier um, to be able to prevent those issues to begin with. Um, and it really does, uh, it, it's about sitting down and getting really clear with your partner um, about finances. So really sitting down consistently, regularly, and having conversations about money. I typically recommend with the couples that I work with that at least once a year, we have a conversation about long-term financial goals. So that's like the big things. I mean, things like planning for retirement one day, you know, for some of my clients that might be saving for their first house or for their next house. Um, those are like big longer-term decisions. And we sit down and have that conversation at least once a year. Every quarter, I encourage people to talk through and revisit shorter term goals. So that might be a project that you're working on in the house, maybe, you know, renovating a bathroom or something like that. Um, but or like a great vacation that you're planning, something like that. Um, so things that are coming up kind of within the next 12 months. So those are quarterly conversations. And every month really looking at together at your spending plan. So what are your sources of income? What are your planned expenses? And talking through those things. Um, And what that helps you to do is not only make sure that you are on the same page for those long-term goals, but having those regular conversations about daily cash flow, which is essentially what that monthly conversation is about income and general expenses, um, eliminates the arguments, the tension, because there's total transparency. Both people are completely on the same page. They know what the income is. They know what the expenses are. And if they're not in agreement, they can have that conversation in a very proactive way instead of what I see with clients who are struggling in this area is maybe somebody is spending more than what is um, aligned with their long-term goals. Um, And so maybe it is creating additional debt or it's just making it so it's hard to save. Um, But it might be because they think they're in a different financial situation and they think that there is more income. So sometimes they're just not communicating about what does that income picture 
actually look like? What do we really have to spend every month? Um, and what does that mean for, our, again, our short and our mid and our long-term goals? But getting on the same page and having a financial plan in place really creates a framework and a structure to have those conversations very consistently. So that way it doesn't have to be a source of tension um, between the two partners. And the other thing that comes up a lot, especially when I am helping people who are going through a divorce, is sometimes one of the partners is more likely to take on more responsibility, either for kind of the day-to-day financial management and or like the investment management and that kind of a thing. And the person who takes on that role in a relationship may or may not have great financial management skills. And if you're delegating that to your spouse, you may just assume that they have great, you may assume they have better financial management skills than you do. Um, But just because they've taken on that role doesn't mean they're filling that role well. Um, and unfortunately, I see that come up a lot in divorce cases where they, tr- one person trusted, you know, their spouse to be responsible and manage the money well. Um, and they didn't. And then all of a sudden, when they're going through a divorce, they realize that they are not in as good a financial situation as they thought they were because their spouse hadn't been doing it so well. But keeping both people on the same page, again, in a very proactive way. So, you know, people's financial situations are dynamic. Always expenses coming up. There's always new opportunities, things to do, fun things to experience that may cost money. Um, So having those conversations in a very consistent way with a strong framework. So that way it's not pointing fingers. It's actually from a place of let's really get excited together about these goals that we have for ourselves and let's celebrate together the progress that we're making toward those goals. So when you have that as sort of the guiding framework for those conversations, it's not about, hey, you know, stop driving through Starbucks and getting coffee every day. We can't afford that. It's more about, hey, let's look at our situation together and come up with solutions that are really going to work for us as a couple so we can reach those goals and really enjoy the money and the wealth that we've accumulated together. Such great advice. I think we have learned so much from you today. I know I've been taking notes over here. Tell us, how can we reach out to you? How can we find you? Well, thank you very much. And uh, lots of places. So I'm on Instagram under Watch Her Thrive. I do have a free Facebook group called Watch Her Thrive, um, which are both great places to connect with me. Um, and I, I do have a free uh, financial resource library. It's all just like printable worksheets that you can do on your own. Um, and that is uh, financialresourcelibrary.com. You can access any of those free resources right in that library there. Fantastic. We'll be sure to include these in the show notes so everybody can find them. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Barbie Jo. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Don't Get Lost in the Laundry. Don't forget to check out our website at barbiejo.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you've got to check out my programs. I'd love to have you join me at barbiejo.com. Oh,